RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Happy Friday to you and to me. I'm in a great mood and I hope you are too. Welcome to Duffified Live, everybody. And guess what? It's Friday morning. Time to be loud and listen to people curse on the radio. Because it's my show, I can talk about whatever I want Well, what am I going to talk about this week? I'm going to talk about the fact that I had one of my greatest weekends ever Awesome, really, absolutely love it Um, I uh, was up at the Mohegan Sun Wine Festival You know, we talked to Michelle Ragusas before coming out We talked to Kev D again We talked to a couple really cool people that we've had on the show That are all up at that festival And talked to Lindsay uh, Santoro who's up there, who runs and puts the whole thing together and, and just does an amazing job, man. I mean, we're talking about the fact that they just recently opened. Oh, by the way, I'm talking about the Mohegan Sun Wine and Food Festival that goes on like the last couple of days of January every year. It's an amazing event. They treat the chefs like full blown rock stars. The guests that are coming in are unbelievable. The amount of food that you guys get to eat and booze and beer and wine is just unmatched. The events that they put on, it's a, it's, it's literally an experience. So for me, uh, I board a plane And I land in Hartford, Connecticut, Hartford, Connecticut. And then I walk outside and there's my limo. They give me a stretch limo. I didn't know stretch limos even existed anymore. Mohegan's got them and they're nice. I sit in there. I walk outside. And then next thing you know, we're in the car. We drive away. We drive into Uncasville, Connecticut. You pull up in front of these huge towers and it's, it's, you're ready to go. You get out, you're treated like a rock star. You walk in the front door. Chef, welcome to Mohegan. It's great to see you again. Here's your key. By the way, we're going to give you a credit to go gamble and you can eat and drink as much as you want for the next three days. Go have fun. So that's what I do. I go in, I check into my unbelievable suite that they give me every year where there's always a gift bag with some form of booze in it, with some form of really cool stuff from like I Gourmet, Ergo Chef, Spiceology in there. Cool stuff, really good stuff that's in these bags. Chef jacket from ChefWorks or from Lost Car. It all depends on what year it is. This year, I go in, I drop my bags, and I do what I do every year. I go right downstairs to Jasper White's Summer Shack. I sit my ass at that bar, and I order myself some clam bellies. Clam bellies are one of my favorite things in the world. Perfectly fried, a little bit of tartar sauce, some lemon over top, a little black pepper. And I'm a happy guy This year I switched it up a little bit I had some fried smelts as well for lunch The whole time I was working My assistant Sam came up with me So she could experience the Sun Wine Festival Like I do And she had a great time You know, Friday night we go, we work Went, we walked around the festival a little bit Checked out some stuff I got about 30,000 steps in Because Mohegan Mohegan Sun just put up 145,000 square feet Of new convention space I walked all the way over there, had a great time, just walked, saw my buddies. Then it's time for the chef's dinner, family style. We all go and we sit down at Jasper White Summer Shack. 
and they just throw a spread in front of us. Seafood, we're talking about clams and shrimp and oysters and smelts and clam bellies. Great salads. This year was a beautiful fennel salad with some shaved cucumber and some some, uh, celery in there. And then some pomegranate seeds, simply dressed, awesome. Then out comes these huge ribeyes, beautiful ribeyes, sliced down. Everybody's digging in. I think they had dessert. I couldn't eat it because I ate too much food prior to. And then we go to the club. Avalon at Mohegan Sun. I am a club guy a couple times a year, okay? One is the first weekend or the last weekend in January when I get to go to Mohegan Sun. I am a full-blown club guy. I'm talking about I'm the guy getting bottle service in the VIP. I'm tipping the girl well while she's back there busting her ass pouring drinks for us. Right next to the DJ booth, I get to watch all the action. Look out over the crowd, see everybody having fun, watching the guys try to dance with the girls. Girls out there all dirtied up, no shoes on, dancing on the sopping wet dance floor. I did that. I've been there. You all have been there. We've all had fun at the club that way. Then we walk out on the dance floor and that's it. It's game on for me. I feel that music gets inside of my soul. Next thing you know, I'm doing the white man overbite. My bottom lip, it's chapped right now because I worked. I danced too hard. Thighs still burning from doing the white man overbite. I think I even broke out a little running man. I might have done a sprinkler, some lawnmower action. I did everything I possibly could because I love music like that in a club setting. The lights, the music, the smell, the smoke machines, you know, Blinking bottles everywhere you look. Girls dressed to the nines. Guys still dressed like complete assholes in jeans, boots, and t-shirts with cowboy and with uh, with uh, baseball hats on. It's a part of the game. It's the way it's played. Then I wake up the next morning. Oh, I'm sorry. I went out way too late and ate way too much food that night. Then I wake up the next morning. Nice little refreshing wake up. I get a little bit of work done. I watch some TV. I just lay in bed and just watch TV. And then I go down. I had to be on stage at one o'clock. I wanted to do the walk early. I wanted to check out my product. I wanted to see the show a little bit. Friends of mine were up on stage. I wanted to check them out. You know, Michelle Ragusis is up there. Chef Kev D is up there. You know, all these guys I wanted to see. I love them. I love hanging out with them. Chef Plum was out there. And I get to see my friends. Jason Santos is there. Chris Coombs is out there. Robert Siska is up there. You know, Todd English, Bobby Flay, Aron Sanchez, Manit. You know, Alex Garner, Shelley, they're all up there. It's a great time. We have a blast. Then I do my demo. This year I did a New England style Cipino. Cipino is an, uh, more or less an Italian-American seafood dish, kind of originated in San Francisco. I did mine a little bit different. I did a lobster gnocco frito, which is like a pizza dough almost, a really nice dough. And on the inside I stuffed it with borzen cheese and fresh mozzarella and some provolone cheese and some fresh herbs and salt and pepper. And I deep fry them in a little bit of duck fat. And the stew itself is just so simple. It's a lobster stock with a little bit of tomatoes in it. Seafood in there. You just braise it off. I put um, the octopus that I sous vide for a couple hours. Sliced it down and threw them in so it still stays a little chunky. It was great. It was an awesome dish. My friend Chaney Barrio hopped up on stage with me. She was my demonstration partner. She hopped up and helped make the gnocco frito with me. It was awesome. I do a little question and answer. You guys know me. This is me. This is my my personality. I love getting in front of people and talking about food and all the stuff that I'm passionate about. I enjoy that stuff. 
get up on stage and I just go live and I have a blast. I love talking to these people. Afterwards, you go down, you do a whole bunch of media interviews. Then I went back. I had to go back to my room for a little bit. I wanted to chill out. Oh, I gambled for a little while. I played some blackjack. I won a little bit. I lost a little bit. I won a little bit more. Popped a couple hundred dollars in my pocket, went up to my room. I chilled out for a little bit. I had to be downstairs for the celebrity chef dine around. I went into the kitchen. I banged out the soup. I did a brunch potato chowder, which I did with a breakfast for dinner grilled cheese. Grilled cheese was was made up of... Grilled cheese was comprised of uh, three different types of cheese. There was a cheddar, a goat, and a Parmesan. I did a baked Locatelli egg on the inside of it with a lamb Weston hash brown as the center core of this wheat Texas toast that was just awesome. It was so good. So good. Then I went up to my room and took a nap for one hour, came back down. I did that. Did the whole dine around, fed all those people was great we had no food left we ran out of it they went nuts for it then back to the club boys and girls it was time for the white man overbite to happen again and that's what i did for that weekend i got to see all my friends i loved it you know it's time there's a lot of guys that do what i do we're traveling we're always working you know we're doing different stuff different media outlets and whatnot and it's great for everybody to get together just for that one time and just hang out and have a couple cocktails and laugh and that's what i enjoy and that's what i did and uh that made me really happy so happy that i came home i got to chill out for a little while i went to bed early last night and now it's podcast time. And this week's guests are pretty cool dudes. The two gentlemen that I'm about to introduce you guys to are part of the 3X3 Princeton team who are getting ready and working their asses off to make it to the Olympics because it's the first year that this style of basketball is going to be in the Olympics. Imagine three guys on the court, 10 minutes or 21 points. That's what you got to do. So ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. I want you to welcome two of my new buddies, both Philly guys. Ready? One's from North Philly, the other one's from Bucks County. So ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. From the Princeton 3X3 team, getting ready to go to the Olympics, working their asses off, I want to introduce you guys to Zaheer Carrington and Craig Moore. Everybody, guess what? we got a couple of fun guys on the show right now. Uh, so right now we've got Zaheer Carrington and Craig Moore. Guys, who are you people? Huh. Craig <laughs> <laughs> uh, and already I. already determined that we're not technologically savvy. Take, take it. Craig and I are one third of the U.S. men's national 3x3 basketball team. Let's give it up for us. Fine shooting. Are we clapping like we're in it, like a beatnik bar, poetry bar? Are we? Yeah, because it's hard for me to clap with one hand on a mic and the other one on Amazon, looking for for an inflatable hot tub. <laughs> just polite golf clap is all you need to do. Play. It's golf just clap. a polite golf clap. I like that. Snap, 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 snap. Beatnik <laughs> across the board. What's up, guys? How you doing, man? Great. How about you? I'm awesome. I am finally home. I've been on the road for the last couple of weeks, so I'm pretty stoked to be sitting in my office and uh, actually getting some work done. So I'm very happy with that. And by nice. getting some work done, you mean doing some inflatable uh, hot tub buying? I've, I've only been researching that product for three to four weeks. <laughs> Dude, pull the trigger, man. This is way way too much thought for, like, such a cool thing. Just like, like, what are the downsides to an inflatable hot tub? There are none. 
There are. You're absolutely right. There are none. You so can probably live, pack it up and take it with you on your like road trips. After nobody buys an inflatable hot tub after uh, waiting three weeks, that's an impulse buy. You got to do it or don't do it. Uh, well, it's been in my shopping cart. I've had three of them in there. You know, one went in at like two forty one a.m. Another went in at like seven forty five a.m. <laughs> and now it's like pull the trigger time. Do I do it or not? And I think I'm just going to do it. But that means that if I do it, then you guys have to come over and have a party. That means that now I have to get the six person one because you guys are not five, nine. No, we are not. I'm, I'm six, seven. And uh, yeah, we sure as shit are coming over to hang out and that thing. Now, so everybody knows I met these guys up in, uh, I was up in New York a couple months ago um, and a friend of theirs, uh, Shannon, was having a birthday party. And during this conversation, I was one third of a very tall group of people, <laughs> me being five, nine, I kind of felt like a child. No, nah, dude. You're definitely the, the beefiest of the three of us, so uh, for sure, not not a child at all. And uh, you know, you're a Philly guy, so you fall right in right in the mix with us. I know, and, and that's that's I think the best part about Philly is the idea that we really don't give a shit about anybody. Like, I honestly think that when it comes to being Philly, we just like. People, I don't think we give a shit about whether they're tall, fat, thin, ugly, what color they are. Like, if you're a good person in Philly, we're probably going to hang out with you. That's also awesome because like, you're not a Giants or Cowboys fan. You're well, that's, I mean, that's just a given. We're Dallas. <laughs> yeah, none of that. We're Patriots at this point. Yeah, we actually too. The, the, the I think this was meant to be because we met at the uh, Shannon's birthday was at one of the best cheesesteak spots in New York. I'm very selective about where I will get a cheesesteak in New York City, and Woji's is by far and away like on the short list of, of places with great cheesesteaks in New York City. So this was meant to be. That was a good bar. I like that. I, I mean, I I've never been there before, and uh, I enjoyed that bar. I thought it was a good time, man. Always a good time, man. Yeah. So now, now, what do you guys do? Let, let's kind of break it down for everybody. What you guys do? So you guys are are one third of the three by three team that's going to be playing in the Olympics. You guys are in the process right now for qualifications for this. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I let so so the way three x three works, and I, they, they call it three x three. It's like how they've uh, branded it. It's like the largest urban sport in the world, uh, and, and it's going to be played in the Olympics for the first time in Summer Games of 2020. Um, eight teams are going to qualify, and for the last two years now, Craig and I have been on the uh, representing the United States as a U.S. national team in three x three. So traveling around and uh, and competing on the behalf of the United States and also like on a pro circuit uh, run by FIBA. Okay. And what is FIBA? Craig, you can explain that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, federal, uh, no, not federal. Uh, Federation, <laughs> Federation of International Basketball Association. Same thing that uh, like the five on five guys go through. Uh, okay. FIBA runs all the international events for, you know, the World Cup, the Euro Championship, um, you know, the Olympics, they, they do it. They, they basically are the international governing body of basketball. And so, just yeah. like FIFA, FIFA is the same thing except for soccer. So this is just the basketball version of that. 
And you know all those like friendlies or like World Cups and stuff like that. The the five on five guys will play play in uses the the months leading up to the Summer Olympics. Yeah. FIBA runs all of those, so they they kind of handle all of international basketball um, up until the point where it gets to the Olympics. Uh, you know, all, all across the world. So it's a it's a huge organization, very big governing body, uh, and they've been the real force behind getting this to the Olympics. So how did you guys, how did you guys get involved in this? I mean, were you guys, I mean, you're, you're tall. I mean, <laughs> that's like an automatic. Like anytime you see somebody tall, you're like, oh, you play volleyball or basketball. Like everybody um, looks at me and they automatically say, do you play rugby or do you just sit at the bar and drink all night? Well, usually rugby guys can put them back. So, uh, well, I threw them back with you guys that night, but I was being good. I had a flight the next morning. So. Well, those are the times when you should definitely let them oh. just get on the get on the plane and go right to sleep. Dude, I fly a hundred thousand miles a year. I can't be hungover flying anymore. Yeah, Duff, I, I got a bone to pick with you too, man, because you're like a big American Air guy, and honestly, yeah. like, like you're you're pretty cool. But that that I don't know. <laughs> not Who not fly. Your best quality, man. Not your best. Who, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Who do you fly? <laughs> we're, we're big we, Delta guys. We're over big here. Delta guys. Okay. Well, we have one guy that does do American, um, and uh, that's because he flies out of Chicago. Uh, but f- four of the six of us are Delta guys. One guy doesn't doesn't do frequent flyer miles. He just sits middle everywhere he goes. Oh God, I couldn't. Yeah, Dan, Dan he, he, has, he gets no status whatsoever. We fl- we probably flew a hundred thousand plus miles last year too, and he's the only person that doesn't have any status. He's got like fifteen thousand miles with eight different airlines. <laughs> Just by looking at this right now, Dan is uh, world ranked at number twenty-seven. Yep. His rank points are seventy-four thousand, seven hundred and forty-four thousand. Uh, Damon Huffman, who seems to be the only other not tall individual on the team, <laughs> he's sneaky tall. He's like six-two. Oh, he's geez. like real life tall, but like basketball, not so much. And then Craig, you're ranked number twenty-five. Yep. Uh, now, Kareem, you're number forty-six. Yeah, yeah. Like the the fill-in guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out of the, I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, here's where we are. You got five hundred eighty-seven thousand points. How are the points? The points are, are a little tricky. So they're based more so on like how much you play. And uh, to be honest, we've been at a, a pretty big disadvantage the last couple of years because the sport has gotten it's uh, it's it's grown the most organically in like Eastern Europe and Asia. They follow this sport widely over there. It's become it's been really popular for, I would say, Craig, how long have you like? Yeah, so I started playing in 2014. Those guys have been playing since 2012. All of our, the rest of our guys started playing in 2017. Oh, okay. So we've, we've been trailing a little bit. And when I played in 2014, I only played in like three events. Uh, last year, we played in 17 events, 14 different countries. Uh, so we, we picked it up a lot. And the, the top, we're ranked six in the world, number one in all of North and South America uh, on the pro circuit. Um, and the five, top five teams ahead of us are all Eastern European, Serbia, Latvia, Slovenia. And then there's one team from uh, Amsterdam as well. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. a lot and of I'll- the ranking points, it, it's determined by how much you play and how how high the level of the tournament is. Um, okay. It just so happens with work, some guys, uh, you know, obviously didn't play as much as everyone else. Damon and... Uh, 
Damon probably has the most flexible schedule out of all of us. So he played in 16 of the 17 events, whereas like most of us played in anywhere from nine to 13. Um, so it's, it's kind of uh, a work in progress. We're still trying to figure it out, especially with our jobs and everything, uh, you know, pulling us in 17 different directions at once. Well, and that's that's one of the things that I've I really found so impressive is the fact that I mean I think you guys were just getting ready to, or you guys were just getting back from like China for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we make some like thirty six hour trips to like India and uh, China, and Malaysia. It's it, our travel schedule is really nuts. A lot of times we'll leave on like a Wednesday night. Uh, land in Asia on like Friday morning because of all the time difference in travel, you know, play for the weekend, get on a flight on a Sunday night and then land in New York on Monday morning and go right to work. Uh, so it's, it's pretty nuts, but uh, it's fun, man. Um, and it's kind of like the old school you know, uh, the old school profile for an Olympic athlete, which is being like a a true amateur, you know, working and then kind of just gearing up and going to rep your country and and go play. The craziest trip we had, at least for me, was our first tournament. We went to South Korea, 14 hour straight shot. No, no layovers, just straight there. We left South Korea at like 8 a.m. And I got to New York at 9 a.m. same day. I've been. I've I've done those. I did a Guam trip that way. Yeah, Yeah, oh, it's the worst. That Monday was the most miserable Monday I've ever. Oh yeah, you have no idea. I saw a sunrise twice coming out of Guam. (laughs) That's nuts. Yeah, like I remember (laughs) flying, and I literally the sunrise happened twice because of the way that we took off. But that was I did I did around the world in in fifteen days. I went from Philly to Greece. No, Philly to San Francisco, San Fran to Greece, Greece to Rhode Island, Rhode Island to Tokyo, <laughs> Tokyo to Guam, Guam back to Philadelphia. Those are really cool places, except for Rhode Island. How the hell is <laughs> Rhode Island getting there? <laughs> I shot a TV show in Rhode Island, and I was there for five days. Do they even so, have uh, an airport, an international airport in Rhode Island? Yeah, man, they do. You got you can fly right into Connecticut. You can fly into <laughs> Providence. You can fly into to Hartford. Come on, man. That's a part of the Northeast. Toledo, Worcester. Toledo. Yeah. Oh, God. You ever been to the Toledo airport? No. Heavens you no. Know, you know a great airport is in Chico, California, which unfortunately everything happened in Chico. But last time I flew out of Chico, my I walked up, my gate attendant took my ticket and then was also my TSA security guy. And then from TSA security, I look out the window and he's loading the bags onto the plane. Yo. And then that he sounds came. Like Trenton, New Jersey airline. Airport. I, I see. I've never flown out of Trenton. I try to stay out of the really small ones. Trenton has one gate, one, everything. It's one, do it everything yourself, basically. Now, why are you flying out of Trenton? Well, Trenton goes like directly to like Myrtle Beach, uh, and it's like fifty bucks Frontier Airlines. That's what really. Uh, that's what I used to fly in high school. I can't do the Elder but, Airlines, but it's but it's, yeah, one, of those, no. but it's one of those things where you pay twelve dollars to like have a carry on, fifteen dollars for peanuts, uh, you know, twelve dollars <laughs> to get on the plane. Gotta have the peanuts. Four dollars for the razor to get the peanut bag open because it's not right. 
Unbelievable. So now, okay. So you guys also have full-time jobs. So how does this work? I mean, so Craig, what do you do? Uh, I work in uh, financial services uh, as a a wealth manager, a broker. Um, I just happen to have a very, very, uh, I don't even know what the right word, lenient. I would, lenient is not the right word. Just a good boss of other sports uh, (laughs) that allowed allowed me to jump on board um, and, you know, he never gives me gives me shit about tournaments. He actually, when I don't go on them, and he finds out we have a tournament that week, and he's like, what, "Don't they need you? Like, why aren't you there?" Oh, jeez. So he's he's a great guy, and everyone's kind of bought into you know trying to help me uh, you know succeed and get into the Olympics. So uh, it's been been a cool experience, and and work has been awesome about it. But I think that that's one of the things where, you know, I mean, I talk to people all the time and, and and they're always saying like, how do you balance this, this, and this? Well, I try to do each thing well, you know, so my, my real job, I try to do well, the podcast, I try to do well, being on TV, I try to do well, being a dad, I try to do really well, you know, because if one of those things is, is failing, then you can't really go and do the other. Absolutely. So. I mean, and I, and I say it all the time. I mean, I talk about it all the time that it, it comes down to support system from people on my, t- my side, which is the same thing for you. I mean, you're getting your shit done in the office, but you still have to leave some work behind when you're taken off. Totally. Yeah. The big thing too, like you said, be present where you are too. You know, like when you're in one place, you kind of got to be there, give that your hundred percent while you're there. And then, you know, for you, when you're with the family, Versus, you know, being on the road and on the podcast, like wherever you're doing, do that to the max while you can. And then, you know, you got to be on to the next thing. It helps you be efficient too that way, you know. Now, Kareem, what do you do? Uh, this is Z, and why do I? I got old pictures up here then. I, I'm way better looking than Kareem, so let's, <laughs> let's not. Uh, I'm like, I don't remember meeting a Kareem. No, no, no. You know, Kareem's, Kareem's got a beautiful head of hair. I am uh, bald, rocking the MJ, so uh, no Kareem. But um, I work in medical device sales. Um, so, like, I'm outside sales, uh, covering all the hospitals in the five boroughs, Westchester, Long Island. Um, so it's a little bit more flexible in the sense that, like, I don't have, like, an office or anything that I go into. Um, in operating room, kind of teaching doctors how to use equipment and scrub into surgeries and stuff like that. Some real gnarly stuff. Um, but it's pretty flexible, which is cool. And then my, my boss is also, she's, she's awesome. And it's just like, go for it. You know, like you, you only got a couple years to, to do this. So do it while you can. And what did you go to school for that you're now standing in scrubbing in for surgeries? Well, I was uh, highly trained in sociology. And <laughs> you're going to be just fine when you get out of this with this new hip. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, no, it's like in most medical device companies, actually, it's it's mostly it's a lot of athletes, uh, a lot of, you know, still sales, a lot of, you know, outgoing, um, competitive, kind of like tenacious people that can manage their own schedules well, good with time management and things like that. Uh, but they train you to, you know, to learn all the stuff they need you to learn as far as, you know, how to cut open a body and, you know, do hip replacements and all that kind of good stuff. Gross. Just in case something yeah. happens to the doctor's class. Yeah, the doctor, you know, if he's like, you know, having so, a smoke break or something, he goes outside for a, for a cig, you know, I jump in. Quick smoke break, yeah. It's, it's always yeah. good. Dude, trust so me. Basically, Zaire's a doctor. That's what he's saying. So you're, yeah, just without the initials, right? 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's, you know, semantics. Don't worry about that. It's just the little things. It's the degree. Yeah. Um, my daughter's actually thinking about going to medical school um, because she watches Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, so I mean, she's fully like ready to well, she does self-diagnose herself all the time. She's 15. So she had cancer of the ear a couple of weeks ago, oh, um, which, you know, is really very terminal. I don't know if you guys have some sort of sort of attachment that you might sell for that. But uh, she felt her in her ear. She had some scar tissue. She forgot that her earring fell out when she was a kid. So the hole closed up and she said it really hurt because she'd been rubbing it for five days. She was trying to get rid of the cancer. So um, we've like since natural. cleared her. We've cleared her. Yeah, homeopathic methods. So, and uh, medical school is expensive. I, I work with all these doctors, and they're like, "Man, you're you're in school forever, and you come out, and it's just like you, you loaned for days." What? That's that's like what a hundred? That's easily what a half a mil. Yeah, it's in, like in, in debt when you graduate. Yeah, it's it's a rough life, and they like they don't sleep for a while. When they're like residents and stuff, they don't sleep, they don't eat. They're kind of like like little walking zombies. Uh, it's it's crazy. Diet is not the way to go. Obviously, Z's trying to talk you out of this. I'm trying to I'm trying to save you. Some, I'm trying to save you some money, Duff. I'm I'm trying to get her. I'm telling you, get her on the medical device side. She can uh, major in whatever she wants, and then get out, and she'll be like a doctor anyway. All right. Well, she's, you know, I think we're just going to buy her some paperwork. It's like when if I became I, if a I do it all over minister. again, I'd be a nurse. You'd be a nurse. You work three days a week. Yeah, it's 12 hours. But like, who doesn't work 12 hours when they work half the time? I'll tell you what, three my mother a was a nurse. Gets two weeks off. It's great. My mother was a nurse. And they're all saints. And they're all yeah. saints, man. Unbelievable. Do you remember that kid uh, in Florida, like last year, I think he was, he pretended to be a doctor for like a month or whatever. He's like 13 years old. Just doing rounds in the hospital. Doogie Nobody noticed. It's 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 really chill. They're, hold on, I'm googling it. Thirteen year old doctor. It was, it was a little kid in Florida. I'm gonna find this guy. We gotta get him on the show. Do you guys remember a couple months? <laughs> I'm not feeling well. I got a pain in my knee. Can you help me out here? Uh, do you remember the guy a couple months ago uh, who was at Waffle House? And everybody in the restaurant was asleep. The cook was asleep, and so was the server. So he went back on the line and made himself breakfast. See, that's what we need, man. America needs more people like that, just like self-starters. And he cleaned you know? up after himself. Wow. I hope and they then didn't make pay. took selfies <laughs> with the staff that was sleeping and posted them. He was retired army. I would love to know what those Waffle House employees were doing that made them all fall asleep. Well, first off, uh, as as a chef, I have a tremendous amount of respect for a Waffle House employee because <laughs> so those guys work asses off. Did they party the night before? Did uh, you know? I don't know. Did they take some Nyquil? Like, what, what happened? He was well, out. Think about it. Think about being at your job and just being dead asleep and somebody is, and it's not like you're at a computer, just somebody's tapping. Like somebody's <laughs> fucking breakfast. Well, you know, Waffle House, they get really sleepy at like three and 4 a.m. That was our like late night drunk spot. And they're always like on the side of like a random road exit or something. We had one off of 78 in Leon yeah. Valley. And like, you know, like you go in there some nights and yeah, it's nobody there. So the closest one to us is in is in Lancaster. That sucks, man. Waffle House is amazing. Waffle House is good shit. I'm a, I yeah, found the, the first one. Hash brown smothered and covered. Oh, 
with the pork chop, they pull that bitch right out of the freezer. Oh man! <laughs> and then they drop well, it on, and it just caramelizes perfectly. Four dollars so sixty-eight cents. It's great, man. Grass fed. <laughs> when was the first time you went to a Waffle House? Grass fed. <laughs> Grass fed at Waffle House is me sitting at the counter. <laughs> what was your first Waffle House? First Waffle House. I did the first time was in college when I got up to uh, to Lehigh. There's none in Philly, you know. So. <laughs> Yeah, that was the first time, and like once I, did, I fell in love. It was just like the sweet tea and the the, the blueberry and chocolate chip waffles. I, man, I miss it. I'm sorry, so, you, you take me down memory lane right now. I love Waffle House. <laughs> Waffle House is a, it's an experience. The first time I ever went was in. Well, Craig, when was your first Waffle House? I don't even know. I get that and IHOP confused all the time, but what? I've been to many. And I think up. Most- I'm having a hard time hearing you. It sounds like <laughs> IHOP and Waffle House mixed up. They're two no. totally different worlds. First uh, of they all, they both got underrated chocolate milk to me. That's what I love them for. <laughs> <laughs> underrated chocolate milk. No, you, what you need to know about Craig, he hasn't tried probably 85% of the most common foods in the world. Like a hot dog, never had it. Craig, never. you've never had a hot dog? No, I don't know. Bagel cream cheese, cheese. never what had nas- What nationality are you, Craig? Um, German and Scottish. Okay, so I mean, I mean, in all honesty, I, I well, for, hold on. <laughs> Dude, you're talking about brats and all different type of worsts in your one culture, and then you're talking about haggis coming in on the other one. You're literally bred around some form of meat stuffed inside of a casing, and you've yeah. never had hot dog. I love sausage. I love a good Italian sausage, a spicy sausage, a bratwurst. I just don't eat hot dogs. We used you're to eat hot dogs okay. when we were kids. Like, oh, well, that makes what the sense. dog was eating. So what, what's, what's your reason for never having a bagel with cream cheese and you're from Philadelphia? I don't like creamy cheese. I like, <laughs> I'll put some butter on it and I'll just eat it. <laughs> Craig, where, what part of Philly are you from? Uh, I'm from Bucks County, like 40 minutes north. Uh, where? Do- Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Oh, hey, do you, Doylestown's doing a whole bunch of stuff with us right now. I have, uh, really? have you guys ever heard of Duffy's Cut? Uh, I have not. Okay, so Duffy's Cut was in the 1830s. 57 Irishmen were murdered and died of um, cholera. And oh, then, real they, chill. That's a good way to start, start an event in the park. <laughs> what happens is there's actually 50 bodies that are left in this mass burial grave. Doylestown Brewing has made a beer called Duffy's Cut. And for every case that they sell, they're donating $5 to Duffy's Cut. And for every keg, they're donating $20 to Duffy's Cut. I like it. I like it. Go in and buy some beer. Um, My parents still live there. I have to send them over. I love Doylestown. Big, big fan of Doylestown. Great area. As Good well. place. It's, that's home to me. So. And Z, where are you from? I grew up in the city, uh, North Philly, right around Temple. And then uh, now my family live uh, up like the West Oak Lane area. So grew up in like North Philly and then uh, up in like the Germantown, West Oak Lane area for a while. I go to uh, uh, Dwight's. Ooh, yeah. I love drive up there. My daughters go into the city, and whenever they go in, I drive in, and I'm like, all right. And then I literally, like, top down, doesn't matter how cold it is, I drive through <laughs> North Philly with my dog, and we pull over and get great barbecue. Yeah, it's, it's, Dwight's is the fucking best, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to be on here, but curse, I, curse I love Dwight. Dude, this is my show. I don't give a shit. Oh. Fuck. You can curse <laughs> on here. 
That, that's, uh, that's a ballsy move, though, man. Top down through North Philly. I know, I know it's gentrifying and changing, but uh, it's still North Philly, man. You better keep those windows up. <laughs> I don't give a shit because I grew up. I mean, I grew up in Philadelphia. I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't give a shit where I am. I really don't. I had a restaurant in Northeast on Rising Sun and Levick before they started shooting people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> over at yeah, St. No, Philly's tough. I love. I love being from Philly, man. It's home. What type of dog do you have? I have a I have a pit bull bulldog. She's eight months old. Are you sure you're not from Roxborough? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do not have a tattooed uh, Saint Bridget's cross on my arm. Okay, you, you definitely do. No, you got. Uh, what do you have on your back? You've got to have like. Uh, you got a back tat. I got a tramp stamp. <laughs> no, I have uh, I have eleven tattoos. None of them are on my back or uh, or tramp stamped. That's impressive, man. Yeah, nice. they're hidden. I've got like regerts on my chest. I've got shit like that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I love North Philly. My daughter's actually uh, looking at Temple right now to row down there. My oldest daughter. So oh, nice. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I never I've never done like the tour. Of Temple, and it's first off, it's a massive campus. It's huge, yeah. I mean, they have they now have a center city location that so you can go down there and take business classes, or during the same day, you could go to main campus, you could then take a class down in center city, and then you could take a shuttle out to Ambler if you wanted to. You could take three court classes on three different campuses in one day if you want to. That sounds exhausting. No wonder why yeah, I'm never class in college. I'm on one campus. Yeah, I can only imagine if I was back in college and I had to go to three different campuses in one day. I'm not going to any classes. <laughs> went to Lehigh. Yeah, I went to Lehigh up in uh, Bethlehem, PA. So only like an hour northwest of Philly. I was I was looking at Lehigh when I was going to go to college for wrestling. Yeah, yeah, it's a great wrestling school, man. Always ranked usually in the top ten wrestling program. Uh, it's it's really solid. Those dudes are, are are nuts. They're really good though. So what so what does your ears look like? Are you, uh, okay. you know what? I, I don't have cauliflower ears. Even though I played rugby, I started playing rugby when I was 14, and I started wrestling when I was 12. But I don't have cauliflower uh, ear, ear at all. You must have been a really good wrestler then if you don't have uh, I was I was undefeated for four years. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Where, where high school did you go to? Uh, I went to Lower Marion. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And the, the guy who beat me, his name was John Barr. And uh, I was the first person to ever beat him. And he was the first person to ever beat me. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. You guys pop each other's cherries. That's cute. So are, you, are you guys friends now or do you guys still hate each other? Uh, you know, I dated his sister. We never talked again. That was, that, that, Ooh. It was a long time ago, guys. Stuff um, won that match. I hope you, I hope you popped her cherry too. Then. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> we went from oh, I don't know if I can curse to now we're popping cherries. Let the games begin. <laughs> Craig, where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to Northwestern. So oh, okay, all right. I, I'm the type of person, um, you know, you talk about going to different campuses. I was like, if I had to drive to class and I didn't find a parking spot close enough in the winter time, I was going straight home. So straight home. That definitely you hear that, that Coach Carmody? Definitely not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> now did you guys both play ball in school absolutely yep yeah and was it like a scholarship situation you guys went there or yes. was it 
like academic for you guys? Because you're both smart. I mean, you, you've got brains. It's not. Yeah, I mean, I I got good at being a really good student. Uh, I figured out like what you had to do to just you know what I mean, make sure you were good with teachers right. and stuff like that, and like you know, trying to just learn how to play the game. But uh, no, I, academics were definitely a big part of, uh, of the school I chose. I just I didn't know if I was going to go to the NBA or anything like that. I didn't think I was. So I was like, I want to go somewhere. I'll make sure I can at least get a decent job after. So, and you went to school for sociology. Craig, what'd you go to school for? Uh, communication studies. Uh, you know, I think it's just like, you know, kind of people helping people type stuff, networking. Uh, you know, I don't think I really use my degree much now. So was, was college, was college worth it? Uh, considering it was free, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it's, it's worth it for the experience. You know, I, I personally say. think at Northwestern, you could make school as hard as you want it to be or as easy as you want it to be. If you wanted to do economics, you were going to have to work hard. If you're going to be an engineer, you, you're, you're going to have to put a lot of time in. But the amount of time I was putting into sports, I put in uh, just enough to succeed at school and also, uh, you know, make sure that I was set up for life after basketball. But at the end of the day, I only got four years to play college sports, so I really wanted to make sure I had enough time to be as good as possible there. Uh, wow. So I, I think I did it right, to be honest with you. So coming out, I mean, coming out of college, was there? I want to keep playing ball, or was it like, okay, now I need to really buckle down and and be a professional? So I played. It, for, it, I played for a couple of years after after college. I played uh, one year in in the Netherlands, and then one year in Romania. Uh, oh, both okay. unbelievable experiences. I was probably too young to really enjoy them, um, right. but it was a great experience, and I would do do it over again. You know, obviously, I'm playing three on three all over the world, so you know, uh, yeah, I still love the game and uh, love being a part of it, and love being a part of a team. Um, but I also felt after a couple of years that I needed to, you know, begin a career. Right now, three by three as opposed to playing regular, is there, is there, a, is there a different passion for it? Cause I mean, look, I, you know, I play rugby. I either had 15 guys on the field or I had seven, you know, I really enjoyed the 15 aside though. I'm a big fan of, of the bigger team, the bigger yeah. game, the responsibility that each guy has. Plus I'm a short fat runner and not, <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm not the sprinter, shall we say? Yeah, no, there's a there's a ton of passion in three x three. It's a really fast paced game, um, and like the the rules of the game have been altered uh, in a way to make it really really exciting and uh, and fun to watch. So um, the the couple of the biggest rule differences is that it's half court versus full court. Oh, wow. um, and the games are to 21 points by ones and twos. Um, and to or to 10 minutes, whichever one comes first. So the game's only 10 minutes or, you know, to 21, which could go really fast. Sure. And um, and also like it's continuous play. So there's no like checking it up or anything like that unless the ball goes out of bounds or somebody gets fouled with a 12 second shot clock. So sometimes we get like, you know, six, seven, eight possessions in a single minute. You're going back and forth and offense to defense really quickly. Um, so it, dude, it's exhausting. It's like uh, they call it a 10 minute sprint. Um, and then, like you said, too, like as far as uh, guys like having like a, a big responsibility, you're 33 percent of your team, whatever they're doing while you're on the court. You've got a right. tremendous responsibility on offense and defense. 
and you know, every, every little mistake is amplified. So if you, you know, if you fuck up, it's, you could cost your team a game within a couple of seconds, right. um, giving up a, a big two point shot or something like that, or, or you know, a, a, a dumb foul. So it's, it's a, a lot of passion, a lot of energy It's really physical too. Um, there's also, there's also no coaches. So you're kind of like coaching yourself, uh, during the game, after the game, uh, figuring out strategy on your own. Um, so it's a lot, it's a lot of different stuff. And for guys being older, you kind of take pride in like setting up a a good game plan, um, against teams. Uh, and also like, if you think about it and for the basketball people that are listening, like you're always one pass away. So you always have to be on. If you're not on, like you're a liability to your teammates. Um, so there's a lot, and that, and what people don't realize is even though it's fast paced and everything, there's so much strategy involved because of how they call fouls, because of how fast paced the game is, because of how fatiguing it is, uh, because it's such a short game, one or two mistakes can really, uh, really affect the game. Yep. Now, how are you guys staying conditioned? I mean, are you guys practicing while you're at home as well? Or is this literally like, all right, I'll see you in South Korea. Uh, a little bit of both more, more practicing now as we've gotten more serious with it, uh, especially this off season, we really kind of, um, stepped up our training and taking it a lot more seriously. Uh, we've got a trainer that we're working with, uh, Alex Davin, a three fitness and, uh, Luckily for us, it's one of our disadvantages that, you know, we got six guys on the team. Three of us live here in New York, which is great, but the other three live around the country. So we don't really get a lot of time together to practice. So that's, that's a big disadvantage that we have versus some of our, uh, our competition around the world. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's a lot of just kind of like working out on your own, checking in on group texts and things like that, keeping each other motivated, the Instagram posts and stuff like that. Yeah, but we do a good job of when we're in the same area, we'll get a workout together. If Damon's in New York City, he'll come. And we'll, we'll get some shots up tonight. Me and Zaire are playing in a league together at eight fifteen, five on five. So we do oh, get cool. some runs together where we, uh, you know, or workouts together where we can. Um, but you tr- we also have tried to find this year more so than last little weeks in the year where we can all be together, uh, do like little little preseason events where we go meet up and we have like a two training or camp, two or three day weekend where we train together and kind of figure out what, what we need to do, what we need to improve on as a team for the next, next coming year. Now, how much strategy is involved in a game that's that fast paced that is, you know, I mean, 21 or 10 minutes, you know, I mean, how much, how much strategy is involved in that? Or is it just like, I'm just playing ball, you know I mean? We're just hitting as many as we can. I mean, do you guys have like set plays for certain stuff? So I think it's very hard to, it's very hard and we've found it very difficult to run set plays out of the transition, out of getting the ball, getting a rebound or getting it through the hoop and going. But when we do have set, when we do have like timeouts where it's checked, you probably only get three to five of them a game. You want to make sure you get a good shot on those possessions. Um, So we do have some set plays that we are very comfortable with. But we also, I think we need to incorporate a couple more. But I think one of the major things is executing on those dead balls to get good shots because those are the times where you're probably the least fatigued and you have an opportunity to set up something that you want in that situation. Now, who funds all of this? Uh, FIBA actually uh, does a really good job. They have like a, uh, a program for their top teams, top 20 teams that if you get automatically allocated, they have this whole system for how, 
how you get bid to certain events, they will uh, they will give a certain dollar amount for how far you're traveling uh, for that. Sometimes it covers everything. Sometimes it does not. When that does not happen, we have uh, a sponsor, a good friend of ours that actually got us all into three on three. John Rogers, uh, who played at Princeton. That's kind of why we have adopted the name Princeton. He played at Princeton in the 1980s. Uh, was a captain there, a very good player. But he played three-on-three with Craig Robinson, Barack Obama's brother-in-law, Arnie Duncan, the Secretary of Education, and a couple other Princeton greats, uh, Kit Mueller, Sean Jackson. So those guys have played three-on-three for 20 years, going back to the you know early 90s. And the hoop it up they, as they got, yeah, they played in the hoop it up, run the bull out in Chicago was a big event they played in. But uh, when they, as they got older and certain guys couldn't make events or they started losing events, they're all very competitive guys. They wanted to keep winning. So they started like they would add a younger guy in when they were in their late thirties so that they could keep <laughs> winning. Stay right. competitive. And then eventually it got to the point where it would be like only one of the older guys was playing and they'd have three young guys. Um, and eventually injuries took took precedent. Arnie Duncan was the last one to play. He had a back injury. John, John and Arnie were the last two to play uh, with us. But they had a back injury before the 2017 Nationals. And uh, that's when we actually recruited Zaire to come and play with us. And he was our he was our fourth guy between with with Damon and Dan. Um, and that's kind of how we formed our roster. Kareem came back from playing in Europe, and then we added Robbie Hummel after he uh, stopped playing in the NBA and in Europe as well. Wow! Shit! Sorry, that was a really long-winded answer, but I felt like it had no, to be no, no, dude. That's I mean, because I mean, I think the idea of it all is pretty cool. I mean, how does it? So, like, what is your schedule like throughout the year? Uh, schedule is absolutely nuts. It's, it's kind of on a rolling, uh, almost like six week basis, but uh, our schedule, our, our season goes from April to October, just about, um, or April to like the first week in November. And during that time, it's, it's similar to a format of like uh, beach volleyball tournaments. We play in, uh, you know, weekend long tournaments, usually two to three a month, uh, all over the world. And each tournament has, um, you know, prize money connected to it, different levels, you know, with more prize money. But, uh, you know, anywhere from 10 to up to 50 grand each tournament we're playing for. So the stakes are pretty high, too, from a financial standpoint. But, um, you know, like last year, Craig said, I think he said we went to what? 14 different countries or yeah, 17 tournaments, 14 different countries. Yeah. So between April and October, you, you, you just earmark two to three weekends a month that, you know, you'll be traveling. Um, you know, we've been to some awesome places from Brazil, Italy, South Korea, Malaysia, India, China, a couple of times, uh, you know, Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. Just awesome cities and places. Um, yeah. And as you win tournaments, you qualify for, for ones of higher, um, you know, for more points and, and rankings and money. So, you know, you win one in like April, it qualifies you for a bigger one in June or July. And then it all kind of culminates with the world tour final, um, at the end of the season at, in either the last week of October or the first week of November. And where is that? Last year was Beijing. This year it's going to be in Japan. Wow. Now, do you guys, I mean, you got, because of the fact that you guys literally, you know, you work a nine to five during the week and then you guys are taken off. Are you guys getting any time in these other countries, in these other cities to see shit? 
sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. It really depends on like the, the schedule of the weekend. Like we usually get a, like a, a night or a day, uh, depending on when it is. Sometimes they fall during holiday weekends. Like last year, we uh, we played in Berlin during Labor Day weekend, so we got like an extra day and a half, two days to kind of like explore the city a little bit. But a lot of times, it really is um, you know pretty in and out. But the good thing about our schedule is you know the most games we typically play in a day is three games right. in ten minutes at most. So you know. You know, it, it, the amount of basketball we play in actual time might only be, you know, 30 minutes or, you know, we've spent four or five hours, uh, you know, at the venue and site. And then so you do usually get some time to at least walk around a little bit, uh, go out to a, a dinner or two um, while you're there and get the vibe for the, the culture and the people. And uh, FIBA does a good job of usually setting us up with local hosts and guides oh, cool. to, uh, you know, show us around a little bit and get a, and get a somewhat of a taste of the of this city or country we're in you always wish you always wish you had a day or two more but uh you know. sometimes <laughs> yeah that's true that's true yeah. uh there's a couple of places we, we wanted to get that hell out of there pretty quick yeah. but for the most part <laughs> you, you wish you had a day or two more but you know a little time is better than none and if we weren't doing doing this we probably wouldn't have seen half the places we've been sure. so. favorite uh favorite location for you guys so far rio by far really yeah, Brazil was uh, Brazil was pretty incredible, and it was it was twofold. One because we went down there, we won, um, and then the other part too is like that was one of the few trips where we had like uh, we stayed down there for a week because it was like a, a exhibition one off tournament. We're actually going uh, back down there, not to Rio this time, but to Sao Paulo. Uh, in a week and a half for like another exhibition, but we got like five days down there. So, you know, we won 10 grand, which was awesome. Uh, the weather was great. And it was like a few days before carnival starting. So like, oh, you know, we're just partying in the streets. Yeah. The Rio is just an awesome place and beautiful too. Was this pre Olympics or post post? Okay, so they still had kind of everything up, still this having that kind of vibe. Literally this week last year, like February oh, wow. 1st, 2nd. But what was so sick about it was we won on that Sunday. It was also Super Bowl Sunday. And, uh, you know, because, yeah, and we're all, you know, Eagles fans, Craig and I. And then uh, it's it's kind of weird because I guess Tom Brady's married to Giselle. There's yeah. all these freaking New England Patriots Brazilian fans oh, down there. Jesus Christ. We so like win. we're like, you know, we, we win that morning. We won our tournament in the morning, and then we're like hammered at the bar uh, with the Eagles winning the first Super Bowl ever. It was probably the best Sunday of my life. So uh, <laughs> That's yeah, it was, awesome. it was a great time last year. Another cu- couple cool places we went, we went to Croatia during uh, during the World Cup run that oh, they yeah. had. I think they had just beaten Argentina. Argentina, when, yeah. When we oh, got shit. there, uh, really cool environment. You know, you never you never get to experience other cities during the World Cup, especially one that uh, Croatia, which was having such a nice run. Yeah, they went all uh, there. Was some, there was some really cool places. I, I actually really enjoyed Moscow. I think that's a beautiful city, uh, but. Uh, you know, Berlin was really cool as well, but we, we had some really cool places. I find that when I, I've, I had to force myself because I got into this like weird rhythm of everywhere I would go, I would work, 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 go out and have drinks, go back to the hotel, wake up the next morning, work, 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 that I've gotten to a point that I forced myself to get outside to walk around. I mean, I, I like even last you week do in it during the day too. It's so much nicer during the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. But there's something about that late night walk a 
couple of cocktails in, <laughs> kind of confident, you know, you've got a little swagger, like, you know, and you're just kind of walking and there's something like I yep. did it in Amsterdam. I did it in Amsterdam. You know, I stopped into a coffee shop. I took a quick hit and I was way more <laughs> than I ever anticipated. And the next thing you know, I'm walking through Amsterdam, you know, with buildings that are caving in on top of you because the way that the buildings are in Amsterdam. But yeah. I mean, I, I just, you know, I find there's something about late night in a city that kind of opens up the mind a little bit. No, you're, you're right, man. I remember uh, having a couple of those walks in uh, in Croatia as well and in, in Venice, too, when we uh, we played in Italy. Uh, I know Craig, he, he played in Amsterdam last year. I didn't make that trip. But, uh, yeah, and sometimes your body's so out of whack because of all the jet lag and, and yeah. flying stuff. You know, that's when you're up. And it's something cool about, you know, when a city's quiet and you get just kind of like walk around, especially those European cities. Uh, I mean, I, I, I remember being in Italy. I remember walking the back streets with like fucking Vespers just blowing past me. Yeah. And I'm standing <laughs> in the middle of the street eating horse right outside <laughs> of an equine butcher. And he's like grilling it up on the street and just, and it was, it was probably 1130, you know, midnight. Eating horse, did you say? Yeah, man. How did that taste? What are they seasoning that with? You know, I think, uh, you know what he seasoned it with? Salt and pepper. (laughs) And then he had extra virgin olive oil with red wine vinegar. And then he, he made like a little bouquet of rosemary and thyme. Oh, that sounds it, beautiful. It was for it's open, I would actually try that. I'd try that way before I try a hot dog. I feel like a horse would be really tough, though. They're so muscular. Well, I mean, you can get cuts. You can get cuts of horse the same as you can uh, of any of the other animals. Realize that equine itself is is bred specifically for eating. So it's it's not like you're taking you know Charlie the Tennessee Walker out of the back. <laughs> you know these things are bred like a cattle would be. And oh, it, I got especially you. in Italy. There's equine butchers that are all over. So you can walk into a butcher shop that's the size of you know a, a, a regular restaurant bathroom in Philly, and in there they've got cases and it's all different cuts. You know, I mean, you can buy ground meat, you can buy a steak, a roast. Uh, I mean, you can buy pretty much anything. Of all the wonderful things to eat in, in Italy, I just didn't, the horse, I, I missed it. I missed it. I was stuck well, you, on the spaghetti and uh, meatballs. <laughs> but you've also got to go, you got to kind of look for it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's not like you're standing on a main street and there's, you know, Luigi's Italian restaurant and, you know, and, and Pablo's, I don't know, I made Pablo up, <laughs> but, you know, Pablo's equine shop. I mean, these are like off the beaten path kind of places. And those are the places that I find. I mean, I try to find myself sometimes to a fault. I've got, I've got a problem where I make friends pretty easily. And I then invite them out with my regular friends who don't know the friend that I made in the back. Oh, you're that friend? Oh. Yeah, I'm totally that friend. And I've been banned, actually, from inviting people out with me for the last <laughs> This is my friend Giuseppe from Milan. <laughs> that is me. And then the next thing you know, Giuseppe's in the back car, back of the car going, so who are the single women? (laughs) Meanwhile, Giuseppe just became a Mexican national. (laughs) Um, I mean, those are like, but that's just me. I mean, you know, I, I came to New York. I didn't, I had never met Shannon before. 
you know, yeah, I, I had a conversation with her on the phone. I had never met you guys. And honestly, Shannon's friend, Lauren is now a friend of mine who lives in Denver, who I'm having dinner with when I go out to Denver. So like, I, I, I believe it's in a small I, world, man. It's great how these things happen, man. Like, tra- and that's, that's one of my favorite things too, about traveling. Uh, you just, the places it takes you and the people you meet, it's, it's pretty awesome. We got some friends down, down in Rio, uh, couple in, in Berlin as well. Uh, so it's good to have, you know, some people you can touch base with when you're traveling around like that too. Yeah. I'm a big, I mean, I just, we're, we're doing something that not everybody gets to do. No. Something that in itself is, and I mean, look, I'll get spiritual here, whatever. I think that it's pretty awesome. It's so, it's so cool. We should, we should start a Facebook group is what we should do. Okay. And for like us folks to travel a lot, we'll just, you know, we'll post pictures. You know, yeah, post, exactly. You know, share it with our friends and maybe invite some more friends. For me, I think that's one of the hardest things is that I do have, I've, I have, created or been lucky enough to, to come in contact with people all over the world. And then the thing for me is when are you coming back? When are you coming back? When are you coming back? Yeah. The hardest part hard. about it is that's when the hardest you, part is you, you might never come back. Yeah, exactly. So when I like in my phone, I have, you know, I was just in Boston last week watching the Patriots win the goddamn AFC championship again. And, uh, and I, and I, I, like, I meet these people. So I put in like, you know, Jen Royal Boston. So like every time that I land somewhere now, you search the, go there, search, search, the search the city where they live. So then I'm like, okay, cool. I'm here. Cause you end up meeting a shitload of people while you're out. That's actually, that's a great, uh, great little method you got going. So wait, what's, so what's your favorite place that you've been, uh, just say in the last year. Uh, Jesus, in the last year, man, I flew 104,000 miles last year and nothing sticks out to you. Come on. (laughs) Um, oh shit. It's because you were in freaking Boston and Rhode Island. That's Providence. Uh, you know, honestly, you know what it was? uh, So I rode, I had an appearance out in Spokane, Washington in June and I been there a couple times too. Uh, the biggest three-on-three tournament in the world in Spokane. Is it really? Yeah. In America, for sure. Spokane Hoop Fest. Did you go to Fast Eddie's? Or the no. for Barachos? I rode, I rode 1,500 miles from uh, Spokane, Washington, through northern Idaho, down the western side of Montana, through Idaho again, back and then into Oregon and then up. So my time in Spokane itself was only about two and a half days. But but you got me so excited. I thought you went to a couple of no. my favorite bars in the uh, in the Northwest Pacific. No. No. Yeah. And I know I mean, there's like Chad White's a buddy of mine. He's out there. He's got a bunch of great spots. Um, so like I usually meet up with chefs, you know, so like that'll be my thing. I'll find out what chefs are out there and who's doing what. I try to stop into their places, try to get some grub from those guys. And then I always try to find a dive bar. Dive hey, bars out there. They would have sent you to Fast Eddie's, Brachos, or the Globe for sure. All right. Well, so so the other thing I do is I work off of an app called Trello. So every single time that somebody tells me a city to try something, I put it in my in my Trello cards, and it's called cities. So right now you just said Spokane, so I'm actually putting in Spokane right here, and I'm going to Fast Eddie's. I mean, it's a dive bar. So I'm totally that's my world, though. But I live in dive bars. Yeah, Barachos is a Mexican spot, and uh, the Globe is considered, I think, what they would consider their club. 
Uh, I don't I don't remember much food out there. Uh, I feel like we ate at Chili's like every day, but uh, you know, let us know what you find next time. Well, that's the back. other rule, guys. That's the other rule. You can never you are like uh, you're not allowed to do a chain restaurant when you go to another city. Dude, Barracho, trust me. Barracho, it wasn't by choice. I've eaten at Barracho's a couple of times. Some good Mexican. All right, all right. I'm gonna have Probably to check those. To your quality, you're over here eating like. Uh, Really horse. nice horse half the time. Yeah, horse. That's right. You know what my but my world is. I would rather have an awesome burger than I really would anything else. Like I'm not a huge entree guy. I'll do a couple of appetizers so I can get flavors. I want to try different stuff. Ah, I like that. I like your style, dude. I like that. So, what, with all this adventurous eating, though, like, have you ever had any uh, any bad experiences with that? It doesn't always go in your favor when you know you're traveling like this and uh, you know and trying things that are they're a little different. Dude, I've been in some fucked situations, man. <laughs> one of our funnest experiences when we were in India, and we had uh, one of our teammates, Damon, literally. Loving the food, but sweating his balls off. <laughs> Whatever it was. Oh, uh, it was great. That's it was awesome. like, yeah, whatever, like the, the big dish of that town was, he was just sweating profusely, like, oh, it's great. <laughs> That's me, though. I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the greatest fucking thing I ever had. And I'm literally just pouring buckets out yeah. of pot that's in it. Yeah. Um, I do a couple things. So I always do, I try to find a dive bar, like the local, no matter what dive bar. So my rules for travel are simple always find a great dive bar. Um, never, ever, ever trust what the concierge tells you to do. That's rule <laughs> number one, because realize that the concierge just get money. They get yeah. acts from sending you places. So, totally. you know, when they're telling you to go to, you know, Bob's big boy, because it's the original, they're getting a kickback from that when they're saying, ah, don't forget to tell them that Tony sent you. So I also never do a second location. So if they have two or three or four in one place, I will only go to the original location. Ah, so if you're telling that. me to go to Hattie's fried chicken, then I will only go to the original, the Hattie's. original Hattie's. Yeah. Where's that Memphis or Nashville? Uh, Nashville. Mm. Yeah. So like I mean, there's like certain rules that I follow with that stuff. I don't do chains and that's really hard because I work a lot with corporate clients. So a lot of times, you know, you get somebody who's coming out of Louisville, Kentucky, and they want to go to Capitol grill in Orlando. <laughs> Where I'll take For you sure. to a Chinese food place out in Orlando that Martin Yan took me to that will knock your socks off. It's like when I go to Vegas, I don't do, I am off the strip. I stay off the strip. I eat over in, um, you know, I eat in Little Italy. I eat in, you know, I eat in Little Japan or Koreatown or something. I didn't, like that. I didn't even know there was a Little Italy in Vegas. A tiny, oh. tiny little area of Italian restaurants. It's over towards Old City. So. I got a question for you. Big question. Yeah. Chicago deep dish. Which one do you prefer? <laughs> So I've never actually had a true Chicago deep dish. Wow. Well, you're getting on my back about hot dogs, but you never had Chicago deep dish. But I fucked up some dogs in that town. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I some dogs that. in that town. That. Not gonna lie, that and it, I will do an Italian beef all the time. Now, here's the other thing: if you have turned your iconic location into something that you now have 15 of them and one of them is, is in an airport, then you're off my list. I can see that. So no more chickies and peats for you then, huh? Look, I love, first off, uh, 
Pete's a good dude. Yeah. Good dude. Do you know? You on the hot seat with that one, huh? <laughs> What'd you say? So I put you on the hot seat with that one. Huh? <laughs> did. I'm actually working on something that's going to bypass Chickies and Pete's in regards to French fries across the country. He is the number one selling. Uh, he has the number one selling Crap. concession in every single stadium and sporting event in Philadelphia. And that includes beer. He bypasses beer with his French fries. That's wow. insane. But crab fries are that good. I will well, say it's I've better. never been to chicken and Pete's. It's, you know, I can't eat them because they're too much. There's too much sodium for me. I don't like all that salt. <laughs> it fucks me up. I'm not happy with it. I, I feel like shit. Every right after I ate it. There's right when I go to a, right when I go to a sporting event, I go, I go soft pretzel. I'm a soft oh, yeah. pretzel guy. Soft through, through. Total soft pretzel guy. But are you buying it inside or are you buying it outside after the guy just peed, never washed his hands, and he was standing behind a car with exhaust on him? I don't care. I go outside, I honestly. Like, you know, that helps you matter. build up your immunity. If I, if I can, I'll go to Wawa and get it. That's the best soft pretzel. That, yeah, 100%. They show up at like four in the morning is the time to be there, though. Yeah, true. The cup of meatballs. Yeah, like, usually when I'm showing up to Wawa anyway, so yeah. <laughs> Well, so, right. so the deal with the deal with with uh, Chickies and Pizzas. So every single location goes through fifty pounds of seasoning per sporting event. That's kind of gross. Okay, so think it, but it's the way that he seasons his fries that they have to be tossed a certain way. I'll send you guys a video of how they're done. I shot a show with him that was really pretty cool. He owns the spice itself. He ah. owns the cheese sauce itself. So it's he not owns, like uh, the Old Bay seasoning? I thought it was just like Old Bay. Now, first off, Old Bay is expensive as shit. <laughs> so what he did was he recreated a variety of Old Bay to match to make his crab fries. But he owns the term crab fries as well. You can't use that. You know the little cup that comes on the side? He yeah, owns yeah. for the cup. Oh, so he, it's like that cheese dipping sauce. It's a little different. It's not like the regular no, cheese whiz. It's his blend as well. He owns that as well. And guess what? There's cream cheese in it. Yo. Mind blown over here. I've been living, born and raised and had no idea. Yeah, he uh, he owns every part of it. So so basically, when you order that, Pat, Pat Pete Shiraki is getting, I believe, Paid three times for every single one that sells. Man, that's my so kind of guy, right? There. My math, right? It's brilliant if you think about it. It's completely brilliant, you know. And he's done an amazing job marketing. It's 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 iconic Philadelphia. So people who talk about Philly and they're getting pretzels, chickies, and Pete's crab fries, and they're getting a cheesesteak. Yeah, those are the things. Yep. So, so wait, so we did crab fries and we just did pretzels. What like what's your cheesesteak spot? That's tough. If I'm in the city, one of yes. my well, my, one of my favorites is Cleavers. I haven't even heard yes. of that. Chance to check out Cleavers. Yeah, they're kind of an individual little shop. They're on Chestnut Street, I think. It's either Chestnut or off of Walnut. I can't remember. In Center City. In Center City. Yeah, it's right around the corner from uh, Liberty One. Okay. Oh, you know, actually, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of new. 18th and, and uh, 18th and uh, on 18th Street, like right yeah. off of Walnut. Yep. Exactly. And they do an amazing job. I mean, so a but the a meat company actually they get all their all their meat from a meat company that is family owned. So they're getting the best of the best at a great price. So their prices aren't super expensive. Now, if you're outside of the city, I highly suggest you go to Mama's on Belmont Avenue in Balakimwood. 
Mm. It's a totally different style of cheesesteak, but it is unbelievable. They use like a four cheese blend. The 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 small is probably a pound of meat. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Doesn't quite go my training regimen right now, but uh, I'll keep that for the off season again. <laughs> it's good. So, so what, what's, where are you guys off to next? What's your next kind of run and, and how far out are you guys from, from the last round of the tour or, or the Olympics? Uh, next tournament is Sao Paulo. Uh, it's in, uh, we go next week, next, next <laughs> Thursday or Wednesday night we leave. Um, and there's, we probably still have, you know, I don't think USA basketball is going to make any decisions until probably, uh, 20 early 2020 um, okay. and then that's kind of when we'll exactly find out they one of the things that is pretty crazy is they're only going to be able be able to choose four of our six too so we're kind of playing for that as well um, and then the other two will probably be alternates just in case there's an injury or something uh, it'll be pretty sad that if two if two of our guys can't come to uh, Olympic Village you know yeah wow that's got to be a pretty cool thought that you guys can get there though yeah. yeah, I mean, that's probably the coolest part of all of this. Like, you think about Olympic basketball, you usually think, like, you know, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, those kinds of guys. And, like, you know, clearly we're not them. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so to have the, the opportunity to, like, you know, wear a USA across your chest and think about, like, the opening ceremony, you know, walking, holding your country's flag, that, that's, 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 a, that's a big fucking deal. Um, and something that we didn't even think – it, it, it didn't exist, you know, two, three years ago. So, right. um, you know, to have that opportunity in front of us now, it's, it's really exciting. So, you know, we're looking forward to it. That's awesome. That's gotta be, I mean, I just, I can't even, you know, I mean, I've traveled doing some stuff for, for my city. I've done stuff for my, you know, for my state before, but I've never done anything like for, well, I guess like, yeah, I don't know. I've never done anything like for my country. I mean, I feed the troops all the time, but I mean, I think like you for pay you, taxes at least, or oh, Jesus, <laughs> killing, killing me over here. <laughs> you know what? The government was shut down, and so was I. I, dude, I was I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, like I, this is this is tough, man. I don't know where this money's going these last couple of weeks. Like, shout out to all the TSA workers, though they were there just you know holding it down for us. Well, they were saying that they uh, we have a there's a food bank inside of the airport right now in Philly, and they are not accepting any more donations. That they are completely packed with food. That there were people flying in from other other like other locations that heard about it and were saying, "Hey, where can we go drop food off?" So yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool that we're you know we're taking care of of some of these guys. I mean, I, I'm super cool with TSA any anyway. Every time I fly through, you know, it's 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 kind of a thankless, weird world. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you know, are, are you guys are you guys pre-checking global global pass at least? Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm I'm the most certified man in the airport. Oh. Clear TSA global entry. Oh, you do clear as well. It's so worth it, dude. So Is worth it? it. And with Delta, you, you get it for like, I think, I don't know, 59 bucks or something like that. So you get it for the low, low. Right. And, uh, well, that's only if you're a, if that's only if you're a platinum medallion. Ooh. Yeah. You only get the discount if you're platinum medallion. I think it goes down. It's like 89 if you're gold. So you got to work your way up to, to get that. But I agree. We're, we're very, uh, we're very well versed in the airport stuff other than our one teammate who literally rides bitch all the time. <laughs> uh, 
Dude, I've lost relationships because of the fact that they're not Global Pass or TSA. It, it gets awkward though. Like you go to the airport with someone and like they don't like you just like it's like uh so I'll see, you later. Uh, see you there. Hopefully, you know. I'll wait on the other side. I'll get your bag if I see it. It's no big deal. Here, hold my weed. I'll meet you on the other side. <laughs> uh, no, I've gone through airports before and been and like. You know, I, I, you're uh, you're not TSA. I, I don't want to take my shoes off or my laptop out, so I'll meet you on the other side. Yeah, I'll see you in a couple hours, man. Good luck. Global Pass, yeah, that's a that's a really tough one when you're flying back in from like Jamaica. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, all right, cool. I'll see you in uh, 45 minutes. That literally takes the honeymoon phase right out of the equation. Well, I'm like, thank God I'm not getting married anytime soon. So I can work on my next relationship is going to have TSA global pass clear. What's the other one that they have? I think that's is all. Another one? Is that all? I think so. I mean, I've driven out of Mexico and been like, I'm not waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really sorry. That's like a three hour wait. I have like 12 minutes in line here. Sucks yeah. suck. I'll go. buy you a sombrero. Uh, there goes my dating life, everybody. It was wonderful um, having premarital sex, and now I'm not going to get any more of that. So, um, all right, guys. So, I, I think that's an hour and a half is enough with you people. <laughs> you want to end it on premarital sex? I mean, like, I feel like we're just getting started now, dude. I, I can look. We can go. We can do this all day. I'm totally cool with it. So. So San Paolo, okay. So let's let's keep going. San Paolo's where next, and then where's after that? Uh, right now, it's to to be determined. We have there's a couple tournaments starting in April. Uh, we got to decide which ones we want to kind of throw our hat into and see if we can get uh, the national tournament. Um, will be sometime in late April, early May. Uh, we will definitely be there, obviously. Um, and then the season kind of takes off from there. Uh, but you, you don't know until about five weeks before the before the tournament if you've uh, been selected to be in it. Uh, because we're in the top ten, uh, we will be selected for most of the ones we try and get into, which is good. But they have like some sort of preferential treatment system where sometimes even the number one team in the world uh, does not get the tournament they want to go into. Wow. They just try and keep it fair so that not every like because if it's the case, there's probably four or five teams that are like. They don't have jobs. They're professional players. Um, and they're all in Eastern Europe, like I said, where, you know, you can live off of 25 to 35,000 a year. Right. Um, so, like, we obviously we can't do that in New York. And those teams would literally just play in every event. And now, do you guys get paid to do this? Uh, when we win, when we win, we perform. Yeah, if you perform, you, you, you get money. So, uh our prize money probably amounted to around ninety-five to a hundred thousand last year as a team, um, and we probably should do better this year. Okay, and then I mean, is that and you don't have to answer these questions, but I mean, is that money that goes back into the team, or is that like, are you guys giving yourself, are you guys splitting ninety-five grand three ways? A little of both. Okay. A little of both. We, okay. we take some of it. We take some of it, and some and some of it we put back into the team, so that we can do things like when we go down to Brazil, we're going to bring a, a photographer. So okay. we we make sure that we can at least uh, you know capture some of the footage, and hopefully it benefits us in the long run. Now, how is it that we can support you guys, or you know get? I mean, how do we support you guys? 
Uh, social media is big. Uh, Facebook, like our page, uh, Princeton 3x3. Follow us on Instagram at uh, Princeton 3x3, uh, at Kappa for me on Instagram, uh, at Craig Moore 20. Uh, a lot of our stuff goes up on, on Instagram and then uh, on uh, YouTube as well. That's FIBA's exclusive kind of content partner for all of our games once we get into the pro season. Yeah, uh, all of our games up there on youtube.com slash FIBA3x3 um, and you can find all of our, our games and we usually post our schedule and things like that on Facebook and Instagram. It leads you to YouTube. So The, the best thing you can do is support the sport at this point and watch games, uh, you know, cheer us on from afar. Uh, means a lot when we have uh, viewers that are either commenting on our page on Instagram or watching the games and commenting on the YouTube channel and stuff like that. That goes a long way. Yeah, or you could just like send money to my Venmo too. Um, <laughs> appreciate just that. Straight to Venmo, right? Just, yeah, you know, like, because I mean, I do live in New York. Bills are expensive. They're tough. Uh, you know, <laughs> tough. Dude, I had, I interviewed a guy's name's, uh, what the hell is his name? He's. The, the the daily the gaily gourmet he's this awesome dude and he lives in a 700 gaily gourmet the gaily no it's a 93 square foot 95 uh, square foot apartment in times square wow that's five terrible 95 is that right yeah so it's he like showers where he cleans his dishes pretty much yeah i mean he's and he said he's lived there for 15 years and he is it's like rent controlled yeah, that's he's like I'm not going anywhere till I get married and like you know he's yeah, he's a great the gaily gourmet he's awesome. Yeah, dude, it's it, it's tough here, man. When you get a good rent controlled apartment, I remember my, one of my old apartments, like it was rent controlled. I was trying like everything I could to hang on to it. Put my brother on the lease, like wh- whatever. I was like, I got to hang on to this thing. Um, it, it's tough up here. Yeah. Wow. So we got to win some tournaments, though. Make some money. No, guys, got to get out of the guys. Got to get that hundred K bracket. Yeah, we're we're, we're 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 cracking it this year. Yeah. Though. Well, the All question right. is, when are you going to come on a trip with us? Dude, I would love to. Stop! Don't even. You can't do that to me because I'm going to go. Yeah, let's do it. When he, do you guys play local ever? Just in case. Close uh, tournaments this year local be, might be like L.A. L.A. and Montreal. Well, we'll probably be in Montreal sometime in uh, September. Not 100% certain on that, but uh, L.A., Montreal, and I think Mexico City are our closest uh, tournaments this year. All right. I can do uh, good, yeah. good food spots too. Dude, I was in I was in LA a couple weeks ago and I just drove down uh, Washington and just hit food trucks. Oh, the best! Yeah, just hit food trucks. That was it. And then I went to my bro- Then we went to dinner at my brother's house for for dinner. I was like, I can't eat. <laughs> Literally the whole ride over here, we did nothing but stop at food trucks. There was not like my daughters and I were like, yeah, we're good. We're not hungry. The taco food truck scene out there, man, it's just. Well, when you guys go out, there's another Philly guy out there. His name's Nick Liberato, and he's in Venice Beach, and he owns a place called the Venice Whaler, and his style of food is called Caladelphia. I like yeah. it. So, and he, he also opened up a spot directly, and it's literally, it is on. avocados? It is the last, re- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the last restaurant uh, before the before the, the pier. So he's right on the corner on the left-hand side of on the corner of Washington. And and I think it's Venice. And then on the right across the street from him, he owns a slice of Venice, which is a New York style pizza shop. 
I've, I've eaten at a slice of Venice before. I didn't know about the uh, Venice Whaler. I got to check he that out. kills it. Whaler's beautiful, man. The big joke at the Whaler is you used to be able to buy an eight ball of Coke out of the back window before he did it. Now he serves breakfast sandwiches out of the back window. Far, um, and far he's, a, he's a Bucks County dude. He lives up in Yardley right now. He's by coastal. Oh, I like it. So <laughs> yeah, he's a, like right where I used to live. And I was on right next to 95, you know, just up, you know, up, up the road. Yeah, I was just out there. Where was I? I was in? I was just up there a couple of weeks ago. I love it. I, I love most of Pennsylvania. I'm a huge fan, so I, I I ride a Harley and I'm I'm I ride through Pennsylvania whenever I get a chance. So you a you ride up your Harley up into New Hope, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm not. You know, there's too many people up there anymore, though. Yeah. It's way too touristy up there. Even when you're going into what's across the river. Lamberville. Lamberville. Going yeah. over into Lambert. There's just too many people. There's cars everywhere. You know, my brother went to my brother went to New Hope Salisbury High School. So that's okay. That's like my neck of the woods. All right, I got you. I know right where you guys are. Good. All right, boys. So do me a favor. Let's get your social media stuff. I already followed you guys on Facebook. Um, so we're all good with that. Um, I've got that part of it. I'm stoked for the for the uh, Instagram stuff. Yeah, man. Follow the team at Princeton3x3 on Instagram, uh, at Kappazah, K-A-P-P-A-Z-A-H on Instagram. And then what are you, Craig? Uh, at Craig Moore, C-R-A-I-G-M-O-O-R-E 2020. Uh, that's my Instagram. Cool. Very nice. All right. Oh, likes and Venmos. Let's do it. Venmo. Just Venmo the guys some money so they have some some booze, like Romanian dollars. That's what they're looking for. <laughs> um, that are that are good. Um, guys, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for for hopping on and, and hanging out with me. And uh, I'm, I'm stoked to get this out there and let more people know about what you guys are doing. Um, sorry that uh, some of the other guys couldn't get on, but you know what? I, I'm I'm kind of glad because there's way too much personality out here today with the three of us. Dude, dude, next next time we'll have to do this again. I'm serious. Uh, you got to come, and I know we'll be in the same place at some point. So uh, you got to come check us out live. It's a lot of fun. Well, I'm in and out of New York quite a bit, so um, I, I say that as Shannon's shaking her head that he's full of shit because he's <laughs> six months to get a meeting in New York, and I was like, I just can't do it. It's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Shannon, when's your next birthday? You're going to be 26, right? Yep. Yeah, because like, like, you didn't even come to New York for a meeting. You just you just casually showed up to the birthday party. <laughs> oh, I don't even know why I was there. I think I, I think were, I literally just showed up for your birthday party. You're, you're yeah. That's amazing. Oh no, I shot something that day. I shot beat Bobby Flay that morning, and then I came up because oh, I just kicked Bobby Flay's ass too, man. He stole Ari's girl. <laughs> That's true. I for, I should have mentioned that to him. I was with him this weekend. Uh, I should have mentioned that to him and found out what that was like. She's super hot too. Yeah, Mrs. Ari was the best. Mrs. Ari was the shit. Well, you know what just happened with the real Ari, right? <laughs> No, what? She ran away with Jeff Bezos. Oh, that's tough. I knew that. The yeah, real Ori, who founded, uh, who who was is like the president yeah, yeah, yeah. of WME. Yeah, because that's my. I mean, I'm with WME. So there's yeah, yeah, all fight with uh, sixty bill. You know, like, you know, you win some, you lose some. His life is like fuck it. I'm good. <laughs> I don't care. You go right ahead. You create a drone so that I can still get half of that shit. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. He literally just imagine Jeff Bezos sitting in court, like, yeah, go ahead. I'm only gonna make more. 
<laughs> they just bought. It's now 100 million people are Amazon Prime members. That's unreal, man. It's scary. Million people, and that's what it's 119 dollars a year. Still, still less followers than uh, Kendall Jenner. Step your game up, Jeff. <laughs> Hashtag goals. Well, what was I? Well, I was looking at his Twitter the other day, and and uh, uh, who was tweeting him? Uh, the Tesla guy, Elon Musk. Oh yeah, he's brilliant. Have you guys? Did you guys hear the Joe Rogan with Elon Musk? Yeah, the the podcast him like we smoking pot. On he took one hit of weed and he didn't even inhale it. If you watch the YouTube, he didn't even inhale it. It was pretty funny. But he stepped down the next day and guess what motherfucker bought Tesla stock? This guy right here, two thumbs at point Because <laughs> so, that stock dropped quick as shit the next day. Yes, it did. So, If you want to lose more money, just send it to Craig. He's got you covered. Venmo? Or through, am I going to do that through Venmo? Is that like a laundering site that I can just hide shit? I'll put like house with a puppy next to it and say, thanks for walking my dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just You'll emojis. know it's just Send emojis when you do that. <laughs> Literally, my dog walker sends me stuff every week and I just send her different emojis, like a knife one day. Yeah, it's good. Um all right, guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you guys ever want to come back on, let me know. And uh, I, I'd love to go and get beers with you guys one night. Absolutely. We'll make it happen. Thanks, brother. Right, guys. Take care. Be safe and have some fun out there, guys. Good luck in everything you're going to do. All right. Talk to you soon. There you go, man. That's what happens. Professional athletes at its finest. But the coolest part, I think, about these guys is the simple fact that, like, they're, they're, they're living their their dream they're living their talent they're moving it forward you know these guys work full-time jobs and then they're taking off from their full-time jobs to go and win these tournaments all over and and to get the right points and get a couple bucks you know so that they can go do it so i want you guys to go follow them um i'm on their instagram page right now um uh that's kind of neat to watch and kind of neat to see some of the stuff that they're doing think about that man three guys on a half court just 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 crushing it 21 points 10 minutes just going right after it so um uh, kind of neat. There's some neat stuff that I'm looking at through here um, on that Instagram page. There's a lot of information about who these guys are and what they're doing. And uh, so you guys should really, really get out there and go and check them out. I think that's pretty neat. Um, so uh, that was an hour and a half long show. So you guys are done listening to me and listening to my voice and talking shit. So I'm going to get it ready to go. Uh, but I want to thank everybody out there for listening to me. Please do me a favor. Go to iTunes and start uh, giving us some reviews. Uh, I don't know what it is. The last couple of weeks, you guys have been just reviewing, and I really love it. Thank you so much. If there's anybody you want to see on the show, feel free to message me in any single location that you know. Email's really simple, chefbrianduffy at gmail.com. You can always go through to us at duffifiedlivesm at gmail.com. You can go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I don't give a shit send us a message let's thank the boys for who put this up put that but, but let's thank the boys by the way bet 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 that's what i say when i'm like missing up a line or something uh and a line being what i'm gonna say not like something you're putting up your nose uh so i want to thank the boys down there at radioinfluence.com jerry and jason two locations everybody you too can be a podcaster that's what I suggest you do. You got a voice. You got a point. You want to make something of it? Go and be a podcaster, especially if you're down in Florida. Stop by and see the boys at RadioInfluence.com. They'll lead you in the right way, just like they did me after getting fucked over by too many people for so long because everybody wanted to be a part of it. I finally found the, the, the golden boys. 
the Jerry and Jason of RadioInfluence.com led me to the path of being a podcaster. Then we've got Maggie Gagliardi, who I loved seeing this weekend up at Mohegan Sun. We got drunk together and danced all night long. She's a tremendous artist who we all love. Then Michelle out there in Breeze, Illinois, just banging out the websites every single day. She does an amazing job. That's who I want you guys to go and check it out. That's Techno Solution. That's at MagsArt and at RadioInfluence.com. Go and check them out. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. I love you. Bye-bye. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Sean McVay does a really good job of getting defenders move in pre- and post-snap. So one of the things that I think is going to be pivotal when the Rams have the ball is their pre-snap movement against the Patriots' stemming of their front. The more McVay can manipulate in coverage and the more they can prevent leakage and protection and guys coming after the pocket, the better off they're for, for against golf, the better off they're going to be. Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.